accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. 
He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back. everybody so glad that you're here this morning at victory christian fellowship we are glad to be able to get together with you and celebrate the lord you know something happens when people are of like precious faith and lord we just give you thanks and praise for your goodness for your strong hand and your strong arm lord we receive your strength today and we give you glory and honor and praise lord have your way in this service today have your way in us and we just bless you in jesus name Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
We lift up our voices together in this place. We have one intention in this place. And that is to worship the living God. That is to worship God Almighty. That is to bring glory to his name. We worship you in this place, Lord. Come on, just worship him this morning. We're in this place to worship the living God in one accord. With one voice of thankfulness and gratefulness for who he is and what he does for mankind. And we thank you, Lord, that you found us. You searched through the whole earth and you found us. And we were once lost, but now we're found. And we're grateful for that, Lord. We're grateful for you finding us. And that you've rescued us, Lord. It is not of our own doing, but it is because of you. Oh, we worship you in this place.
your presence. Oh, we glory in you, Lord. Blessed be your name, Most High God. El Elyon, the Most High God. Oh, hallelujah to your holy name. Glory, glory, glory to you, Lord. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your patience and your kindness and your compassion towards us. And Lord, we just love you and we thank you that you are able to speak to us and we listen to your voice. As deep calls unto deep, I am calling you into a deeper walk for you to go further than where you thought you could go. For you to do greater things than what you thought you could do. 
answer the call of the deep and walk into the unknown, for you will not be alone, for I will be with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Well, you may be seated. What a great and glorious day. That's every day with Jesus. You don't have to wake up on the wrong side of the bed unless you want to. Hallelujah. That's okay. Hallelujah. Yes. The pastor can eat the bread before everybody. And Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, last week was communion, and I got so into the message, I started eating the bread, and no one had theirs. <laughs> oh, I was just going to let you do this one solo. <laughs> Amen. Well, are you ready to do a, this is a powerful thing Amen. that we can do as believers. We can speak the word of God. Yes. And I want to invite you just to make this confession together uh, in the name of Jesus. Let's make our confession. God's, God's kingdom, kingdom operates on the principle of seed time and harvest. Seeds are powerful tools that bring increase and produce harvest. God has empowered us to be fruitful and multiply. Our God is good to us, and his blessing causes the earth to yield its harvest for us. We purposely plant our seed in good ground, and it grows, ripens, and we reap its return. We know the condition of our assets and pay close attention to our finances, so that our family is well taken care of, and we are able to help others. We work in God's kingdom. We receive wages and gather fruit for eternal life. We rejoice when we plant and when we reap. Our seeds begin to increase greatly the moment they are planted. We reap abundantly because we sow generously. We cheerfully and freely give to God's work and kingdom. God makes every favor and earthly blessing come to us, and we have more than enough to do what God wants and give to others. We are sowers, and the Lord gives us seed and meets our needs. According to his glorious riches in Christ, he multiplies our resources and increases our righteousness, so we are enriched in every way. We walk worthy of the Lord and please him in all things. We are fruitful, producing abundant harvest in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. Our faith is strong, our insight is clear, and our love is strong for God's word. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen.
Good morning. Okay. Look, I have three pages of announcements. That is good news. We are active as a body and in our community. I want to share something with you briefly that the Lord showed me on Wednesday night during worship and it reminded me during this last song about singing how he's the greatest and the highest. When we say most high God, we, the name of God can be replaced with his character because he and his character are one. So on Wednesday, it was about the love of God. So the, I am the most high love is what he said to me. And that I could take all his characters and sing that. And so he reminded me during this song how he's the greatest and the highest. So do that throughout your days and nights and say, God, you are the most high peace. You are the most high seed giver. You are the most high healer. You are the most high deliverer. You are the most high. And you put in all those words. He's the most high inheritance giver. He has the most high blood. He has the most high name. And you just keep doing that and see what's going to happen in your life. Hallelujah. So I thank the Lord for that revelation that he gave us to just speak those specific characters of him and put most high in front because that is truth. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm starting with this one with the the postcard. This Saturday, Barnabas is having a special breakthrough breakfast and you want to be there, men. Invite a co-worker, invite a neighbor, invite a friend. It starts at 8.15 in the morning. You're having special breakfast, special worship, special message. It's all going to be about breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. So let's break through, men, before summer comes. How awesome is that? Before Memorial Day, you got your breakthrough. And you'll carry that throughout the summer, which is important normally, but very important for the summertime because you interact with different people. And then you can carry that message a breakthrough the anointing a breakthrough into their lives and we that's how the glory of the lord fills the earth because we carry his glory and we spread his glory hallelujah he is the most high glory Woo! okay i know why they have podiums it helps people stand in the right place <laughs> okay so that's this saturday may 28th at 8:15. there's lots of these postcards in the back for you to take with you. Okay. I invited someone and I even hooked up a ride for them. So, ladies, invite the guys in your life and make sure they have a way to get here. Okay. Now, back to our regular announcements. Tuesday is Air Force. Woohoo! And talking about Air Force, we have Tuesday at 6 p.m., 6 to 8. And we have our ongoing fundraisers. Thank you all for participating with us in that. And yesterday we were at Memorial Park, and we got the good news of Jesus Christ broadcast through music and through interaction with people as we we talked with people throughout the day. And let them know about Jesus, about Victor Christian Fellowship, who we are, where we are, and we invited them here. So praise the Lord for that opportunity. And thank you to everyone who helped. Hallelujah.
It was good. And then, Wednesday night refreshing. This is the challenge I have today. It's not in order, so I have to, like, find it. Wednesday night refreshing, 6.30. Woo! (laughs) Come and be refreshed in more ways than one. That's for sure. So I got that. Okay, we have the new Shopify. That's online store. Our bookstore is going online to minister uh, resources around the world. So if you'd like to sponsor a month for $35, just mark your giving as store. And then we are, after service, we are celebrating Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona's 25th wedding anniversary. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And also, Pastor Nelson and myself, we made it to five. Woohoo! God is good. He is the most high redeemer. Hallelujah. He redeems everything. We don't even have a past. We look to the future. Higher, farther, stronger, greater. Glory! Woohoo! All right. I, sh- I think I should have pom poms today. <laughs> One last announcement. These are projects that we're doing to upgrade our facilities. So, the first project that we're all enjoying right now is the air conditioning. We, had, we needed a new compressor to cool the facilities. So if you'd like to give into that project, smart market AC, AC for air condition. Yes, that's good. And then we're having a kitchen project, a new refrigerator, and yes, and two new ovens, and a vent. We need a vent so the grease doesn't go everywhere. So I challenged the youth group or gave them this opportunity challenge because the Lord put it on my heart. We're buying one oven and we're all about double-double. So we're going for two ovens. So Air Force, we are stepping up to the plate and we're hitting a grand slam. You know what that includes? The refrigerator. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. You can give to the kitchen project. You can mark that kitchen. And then, this is what Josiah is most excited about. The stage lights. The stage lights project will help tremendously with our ever-growing online audience. So we, they can see us clearly. <laughs> so you can mark that giving stage lights. So praise the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. I'm done with my three pages of announcements. We have some of the most exciting announcements ever. I love it. Hallelujah. Well, today is a good day. Amen. Before we dismiss the kids, I just want to read something to you from Second Chronicles chapter 31. And uh, it's how giving can affect a nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So second, uh, yeah, second uh, uh, Chronicles, I'm sorry, second Chronicles chapter 31, starting with verse 3, and it's talking about King Hezekiah, who was a righteous king. And starting with verse 3, it says, Hezekiah also appointed the king's portion of his goods. Amplified says his personal, okay? For the morning and evening burnt offerings, and the burnt offerings for the Sabbaths, and for the new moons, and for the appointed feasts, as it is written in the law of the Lord. He also told the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion that was due to the priests and Levites so that they might be free to devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the king's order spread, the Israelites gave how? In abundance. Everybody say in abundance. Are we excited about abundance? Amen. If you want to have abundance, you got to give abundance. All right. And... uh the first fruits of grain, new wine, oil, honey, and all of the produce of the field. And they brought in the tithe of everything. How did they bring it in? Abundantly. All right. That might not say it in the King James, but it says it in the Amplified. All right. All right. Verse 6. The sons of Israel and Judah, who lived in the cities of Judah, also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of sacred gifts, which were consecrated to the Lord their God, and placed them in heaps. I like heaps. Amen? That's piles, if you're from the south. (laughs) Right? And uh, in the third month, I would say the third month. Okay, so this was ongoing giving month after month. Right? At the end of the wheat harvest, they began to make the heaps. And they finished them in the seventh month. It took four months to create the heaps. Okay? Alright? Verse 8, when Hezekiah and the rulers came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and the people. When you see the heaps, you bless the Lord. Okay? Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps. Azariah, the high priest of the house of Zadok, answered him, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat with plenty left over. How many know, God not only meets the need, he gives plenty to leave over. That's overflow. All right? For the Lord has blessed his people, and this great quantity is left over. Everybody say great quantity. Then Hezekiah told them to prepare rooms. They had to create rooms to hold the heaps (laughs) in the house of the Lord. And they prepared them, and they faithfully brought in the contributions, the tithes and the sacred things. And Kodaniah, the the Levite, was in charge of them. And Shimei, his brother, was second in authority. And uh, go down to... uh, Let's see here. And then it talks about how the people were blessed. Amen? Amen. We are blessed. Hallelujah. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. You can claim that. Yes. So as you're here today, you can give however the Lord leads you. 
Uh, whenever the Lord leads you, I mean, if, you're, if I'm preaching and you feel the need to give, give during my sermon. Yes, anytime. And if you're watching online, you can give through our website or you can mail it in. It's still, snail mail still works. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I speak a blessing over every gift and the givers, Lord, who bring them. And Lord, we thank you that you pour out your goodness. You open windows of heaven and pour out a special blessing on them so that their rooms will not be able to contain it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Kids, how many kids we got in here that are excited about the Lord? Hallelujah. Teachers that are excited, we want to dismiss your kids to your class. Have a great class, kids. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. This is a great morning. It's a special morning. You're going to find out today what makes us tick or why we are here. And I'm simply calling this the vision of victory. I mean, the vision of victory. Did you know that we proclaim our vision every Sunday? And uh, I'm going to bring, I'm going to put some meat on the table. I'm going to add some flesh to the bone, and I'm going to tell you what it means, what we say. You might be thinking, well, I say these words, but what does it mean? All right? So you're here today, and you're going to find out. All right? And uh, we have a, a phrase, and we say that we want to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. Three simple things. Amen? And uh, we do that through teaching, through preaching, through worshiping, through serving, through giving, through fellowshipping, through praying, through missions, and through living. That's how we communicate the gospel. Amen? Now, God's got all kinds of ways to communicate. Uh, one thing God is not short in is in communication. He covers all the bases. He is visual. He is audio, audio, right? He is a demonstrator and he is an explainer. Amen. So we want people to experience salvation. The reason Victory Christian Fellowship exists is we want people to experience salvation, the message of salvation. All right. Jesus is the only person that can save another person from hell. There is only one name under heaven and on earth that whereby people can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. What are you saved from? You're saved from going to hell. You're saved from the destructive, uh, the destructiveness of sin. All right? And we want the message of salvation to get out to people. Salvation is God's gift to man. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2. You know, if you're going to have a vision, let it be based in the Word of God. And uh, whether you realize it or not, we are Bible junkies around here. When you're addicted to the Word, you're addicted to success. Amen? When you're addicted to the word, you're addicted to victory. 
That ought to get a bigger amen, amen? You know, I like what Mark Hankins said. When you become a giver like God, when you become an addict to giving like God, God will support your habit. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the what? It is the gift of God. Salvation is God's greatest gift to mankind. It's a way to recover from loss. It's a way to get reconnected with your Father God. Amen? It is a way to enter into the family of God. So salvation is God's gift. Jesus, the Bible says, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Right? What was lost? Man's relationship with God was lost. All right? And salvation is only found in one name. All right? To be saved means to have eternal life. How many people possess eternal life? Amen? How many know someone who does not possess eternal life? Well, that's why we're here. We're here to get that message to them. Amen? And we want to communicate this message of salvation, hope, and inheritance to everyone we come in contact with. All right? So the message of hope, salvation and hope, you know, we are here to give people hope. Because we live in a world full of hopelessness. Right? There's people who live in this world who, who can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Who don't know how they're going to change or get out of their, their current situation. But how many know God has a way? And we want to communicate hope. Hope is expectation. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. All right? And God raises people's expectation for a better life. How many has your life improved since you met Jesus? Amen? Has he done some things for you? Have you experienced some of his goodness? Right? He, He came to give you hope. He came to raise your expectations. We want to help people raise their expectations. Yes, you can get unstuck. Yes, you can get out of that addiction. Yes, you can stop that bad behavior through Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Now, what was the question? doesn't matter what the question was. Right? I remember back in, when I was uh, living in Illinois, there was a, a, a musical group that came to the church that I attended, and they were called Big Mo and the Chosen. And he sang that song, Jesus is the answer. Now, what was the question? It was a pretty good song. And, and Mo was big. But they were a good group. Big Mo and the Chosen. I don't know. That was probably in the late 80s or whatever. Hallelujah. So, hope anchors one's soul. Hope is an anchor to a soul. And, with, see, a lot of problems that people have, it's in their soul. It's in the soul realm. Right? And, uh, They need an anchor to the soul, and hope is an anchor to the soul. It it helps you overcome the storms of life. How many know life has storms? 
None of us planned for storms, but guess what? Storms show up. They, they want to interrupt the good things that are happening, but we got a storm overcomer. We got a storm silencer. Everybody, every believer is equipped with a storm silencer. It's called your voice in the name of Jesus. So we want to pe- communicate to people salvation, hope, and inheritance. Hope helps us to receive and overcome challenges. Hope is holding firmly to confidence. It's holding, yes, hope is, is sometimes in the future, but you're holding on until it gets there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You're holding on to something until it gets there. Because you know it's already there. You may not see it or feel it, but you know it's there. Amen? And hope, the Bible says that when you hope in God, you'll never be ashamed. That's Psalm 25, verse 3. You'll never be, hope is not shameful. When you're holding on to hope, you'll never be ashamed. The enemy can't embarrass you. Amen? How many are holding on to hope that one day we're going to be in heaven? Yeah, that's a hope, right? But we know it's a reality. Why? Because the word says so. It's written in the Bible. It's forever settled in eternity that Jesus is building you a mansion until you get there. Amen? He's building a place for you. Hallelujah. And this is what we need to communicate to people. We come, in people, we come in contact with people all the time who are hopeless, who have no hope. And you can give them some of your hope. Amen? Someone said, if you see someone with a frown on their face, uh, give them a smile of yours. It'll increase their face value. Amen? And then, my favorite Bible word is inheritance. I came here to Palmyra with a scripture found in Galatians 3.29. It says, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I used to have a license plate on my car, but before I got married, it said heir of one. H-E-I-R of one. One person asked me, he said, what's heir of one? <laughs> I said, that's heir of one. But our inheritance, hallelujah, God gave us our inheritance. And inheritance is found from Genesis to Revelation. Amen? It's the promises of God. Our inheritance has given to us. It's all inclusive. It's everything that we have in Christ. It's every benefit, every blessing, and every good thing. You are, you are an heir. Amen? You're a joint heir with Jesus. And this is what we communicate. We reach out, and we, our message is salvation. We want you to get saved, and we want you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because there, there, there are levels of benefits in God. Amen? Salvation, yeah. We want you to be saved, but we also want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God. Amen? How many know people need power? They don't need religion. They need power. There's a lot of religions who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. True story. I was watching a program when we lived in Tennessee. 
And uh, it was a church in Chattanooga who spoke vehemently against the Holy Ghost. Against the, That church no longer exists. They had a church of about a thousand people. But they spoke vehemently against the baptism of the Holy he, They literally said it was of the devil. How could, how could someone who wrote half the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, be of the devil? Amen? <laughs> All right. So our inheritance, it's everything that God's given to us. We want people to experience their inheritance. We want people to find their treasure and their inheritance. Where is it? Where is it found? Is it found in a cave? No. Is it found under the ground? No. Is it found in the mountains? No. Is it found in the river? No. It's found in the word of God. And faith is the only, you don't need a shovel, all you need is faith. You can, you can use your faith to excavate the treasures that are in God's words and his promises. Amen? This is our treasure chest. And actually, I've, I've been looking for the right logo. The logo of, of before, I had, before VCF was an open book with a treasure chest in it that was overflowing. Amen? And uh, so I came here with that. And for the last 20 years, we've been helping people find their inheritance and treasure. That's where that phrase comes from. It comes from that vision that I got in New Testament survey back in the 90s. That's when it all started, when I was at Ramah. And that verse of Galatians 3.29 jumped, it felt like it jumped off the page. And didn't know what it meant at the time. I just wrote Pastor Pishka's ministry. Had no clue, no understanding. I just knew that that was for me. And uh, as I prayed about it, God showed me more about it. He gave me greater understanding about it. And here we are today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, salvation, hope, and inheritance. That's in, our salvation and our hope is included in our inheritance. An inheritance is like a smorgasbord of good things yeah. without any calories. Hallelujah. How many know God's got a smorgasbord? Yeah. You know, the Bible says... Paul was buffeted daily. Paul buffeted his body daily. I like to buffet my body sometimes. Amen. Especially shady maple on your birthday. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, our inheritance includes knowing who you are in Christ, what he's done for you, and what he's given to you. This is what we need to communicate to people. Amen. So, how do we do that? Do we do that sitting in our seats? No, we have to reach out. Everybody, have, put your hand up. And I want you to just extend your hand. You're reaching out, right? Yesterday afternoon, we were reaching out into the community. Amen? We got to be able to reach out. You know, if you, how, we all do our laundry, right? Or maybe someone does your laundry, Right? Have you noticed, in order to get your clothes clean, the soap can't stay in the container? A a pastor used to say, soap's no good in a box. It's got to get out of the box. And you know what? Part of our vision is to get out of the box, right? 
and go and share this message with people, the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. All right? To reach out means to spread, to stretch, and extend. And it means to, like when Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep. What happened when he did that? There was a great catch. Did you notice that the, the, sh- the, the fish didn't jump into the boat? But he had to launch out into the deep in order to get that catch. Amen? We got to launch out. Our deep is our area, our neighborhood, our community, our town, our city, our state. That's our, that's our launching place. Amen? And uh, you're in the boat. So you got a part to play. In launching out. Amen? Grab a hold of the net. See, the net is us working together as a body. Right? And uh, so we reach out. We, uh, it means to pick up and draw toward. We want to pick up people who are lost, hurting down, and draw them to Jesus. We got to draw people to Jesus. And that's why we got to live this message in order to be able to effectively communicate the message. Amen? Amen. All right? To draw, to reach out means to make an impression on. We want to impress Jesus on people. Hallelujah. We want people to see Jesus. He's the star of the show. Right? You you know, uh, when they have uh, these famous Hollywood awards program, you know, they have the red carpet and they're shining the spotlight on one, but then there's some, there's a bigger star, right? And they move the spotlight from here to here. Well, Jesus is the biggest star. He gets the brightest light. All right. And everything that we do, even when we leave this place, we, we need to point to Jesus. Amen. That's what we do. We reach out. All right. God has you living where you live so that you can reach out to people around you. Amen? Who are we supposed to love? Our neighbors. And that's, the, that's not just the people that live next to us. All right? And uh, to reach out means to communicate. It's our job and calling and duty to witness to people, to witness to others. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. I like what Jesse Duplantis said. He said, projects cost you something, vision gives you something. I want you to think about this vision. When you support the work, and and we have great supporters, amen? This is what you're supporting. This is what you're, you're giving into. This is what you're investing in. Matthew 28, verse 19. Very familiar scripture. Used often. Let's start with verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. How do we know he has the power? But then he wants us to go, so he must have given us some of his power. He's got all the power, but then he says, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Is Jesus with us? Yeah. So anytime that you're 
fulfilling this vision, Jesus is with you, working with you. Amen? We're not doing this on our own. We're doing it together with him. Amen? Hallelujah. So reaching out. All right? Go to Mark 16. Mark 16. What's the first two letters of the gospel? G-O. Go. Go spell it out. All right? Go spell it out to someone who, who hasn't heard. There are a lot of people who think they've heard, but they haven't heard. Amen? And they need to hear it from you. Glory to God. Mark 16 and 15. He said to them, who, who said to them? Jesus said to them, go where? Into all the world and preach or proclaim the gospel to every creature. He that believes it and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's King James. All right? Or condemned. What happens if someone doesn't believe and they die? They go to hell. What happens if someone believes and they die? They go to heaven. Amen? What you believe matters. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And let's look at an eager person who reached out. John chapter 1 and verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak. What was John doing? John was testifying. John was witnessing for Jesus. And someone heard John speak. And followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. What was the first thing that Andrew did? He got so excited, he wanted to share his excitement with someone that he knew. He shared it with his brother. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Now, I know we know the story of they were fishing and, and Jesus used his boat and that happened too. Amen. But I want you to see Andrew's excitement. He is reaching out. He is sharing. We found the Messiah. Amen. Hey, I found my inheritance. I found salvation. I found hope. Hallelujah. Can you imagine going and sharing someone? Hey, I found an inheritance. Really? Where'd you, what'd you find? Oh, it's full of good things. Would you like to hear more about it? Amen. He, he reached out. Glory to God. And uh, go to uh, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter. You know, even when persecution came to the church. See, they were all collected in Jerusalem. So persecution came in, and it, they spread them out. But as they went, they went preaching the gospel. Amen? They didn't just go on vacation. They took the message, and wherever they went, they were sharing the message with whoever was there. All right? Romans chapter 10. Look at verse 14. Well, let's just back up to verse 13. 
For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is that easy? Is that simple? Salvation is simple. If salvation becomes complex, it's because someone messed it up. But God made salvation simple. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're saved, you're going to live for Jesus. Don't tell me you're saved and you're not living for Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. It does not compute. Right? Well, it does not compute. Right? Okay? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings. Everybody look at your feet and say, my feet are beautiful. Why are they beautiful? Because they bring a message of good news. Do you realize in Jesus' day, the primary way that where they got somewhere was walking? Blessed are the feet of them that bring good news. Didn't say, you know, whether you're bringing good news from the pulpit or whether you're bringing good news from your kitchen table or whether you're bringing good news in your workplace. Didn't say where you can bring. It said whoever brings good news got some beautiful feet. We are in the business of equipping people to bring good news. You come in here and you hear the news and you go out there and share the news. Amen. We got to be like the old time paper boys. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. Right? But now we do it online. Social media. Okay? All right? The second thing of our vision, first thing is reaching out with the message, our message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. The second thing is proclaiming the uncompromising word of God. The word of God was meant for people to proclaim it. Why didn't God have the angels? Well, the angels will have, the, have their time during the tribulation, but for right now, God's plan is for people to preach the gospel. Why didn't Gabriel preach the gospel to Zechariah? Because it needed to hear, hear it from a man. Right? God, God sent for me and you to be proclaimers of truth. Say, I'm a proclaimer. And God gave you a message, right? To proclaim means to announce, to declare, to shout. It means to bring attention to. And uh, the Bible is inerrant truth and infallible truth and in the, the inspired word of God. All right? So, to proclaim means to announce publicly. I'm standing before the public today and I'm announcing things. I am proclaiming. Amen? That's what it means to proclaim. To publicize. Did you know that God enlisted you as, as his publicist? You are God. Say, I'm God's publicist. Yeah. How you live, what you do, and what you say. Guess what? You are an ambassador. And as an ambassador, you represent heaven. Every one of us has been given the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us. 
You have the ministry of reconciliation. If you didn't know what your ministry was, let me tell you, you have a ministry of reconciliation. If you didn't know what your ministry was, now you know. Right? And you are commissioned by God to reconcile, to make accounts good. Right? And did you know that God was a proclaimer? Look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 19. Exodus 33, verse 19. This is from the Amplified. And I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Is that what it says? Yeah. I will proclaim my name. God is a proclaimer. He is not asking us to do anything that he doesn't do himself. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. All right. Look at Isaiah 42, verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8. Part of our vision is proclaiming. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a proclaimer. What do you proclaim? You proclaim his name. Do you realize his name is everything? His name is the key to everything. Amen? It's the secret code of heaven. His name. There's no name greater. All right? Isaiah 42, verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved idols. Indeed, the former things have come to pass. I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Oh my goodness, God is a proclaimer. Hallelujah. So when when we share the vision of proclaiming, we are sharing a vision that God does. Glory to God. Luke 4.19. Go to Luke 4.19. Jesus was reading from the book of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, verse 19, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Jesus was a proclaimer. God is a proclaimer. And of course, the Holy Ghost is a proclaimer. That means when we proclaim, we are doing what God does. Amen. It's biblical to proclaim. Hallelujah. Go to Deuteronomy 32, verse 3. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 3. He says, For I proclaim the name of the Lord. I ascribe greatness and honor to God. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness, without iniquity, just and upright is he. That one verse is a preaching. That's preaching right there. That's proclaiming. Amen. Talking about the works of God, the goodness of God, the name of God. Hallelujah. How many are excited about Jesus? How many are excited about the the word of God? How many are excited about the Holy Ghost? Yeah, if if you're not excited, you need another dip. (laughs) Amen? Amen. You can tell I'm an excited preacher. This is not manufactured. There's times when I think I'm just going to stand still. And communion, but it, the fire of God burns in my bones. And I just can't. I remember when I was at Ramah 
in lab class. You know, I was in the evangelist group, and we had to do a 10-minute sermon, and for our, pe- our peers would evaluate the sermon that we did, plus our teacher would give us input, and I got up to do my sermon. I don't know where the moisture in my mouth went to, but my mouth became the Sahara Desert. But only in lab class was the only time that I stood behind the pulpit. Ever since then, I cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> Amen. And thank God for wireless mics because I love to move around. Amen. Amen? Glory to God. Psalm 2 7. Psalm 2 7. I will decree the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. This day I proclaim that I have begotten you. So our God is a proclaimer. Right? So part of our vision is to proclaim. Proclaiming is praising him. Proclaiming is talking about the good that he is, the good that he does. Amen? Hallelujah. Everybody say, I have a voice. Let me ask you this question. Don't raise your hand. Just think about it. Are you an echo or are you a voice? John the Baptist, they said, are you the Christ? He said, no, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. He was, he was in the desert and people came to him. Amen? Hallelujah. So the proclaiming, all right? Then the third part of our vision is we want to build a strong body of believers. God didn't go to the cross and die and resurrect to have a weak body, an anemic body. He wants a body of strong believers. Amen? So God, you, you talk about renewable energy, strength is the original renewable energy. Wait on the Lord and what? You don't even have to plug in. You don't have to get under a solar panel. Well, unless you're getting under the sun, S-O-N, right? Hallelujah. So our vision here at VCF is we want to build a strong Body of believers. Our strength comes from God. And he enables people who are weak to declare they are strong. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say I'm what? When you're feeling weak, and guess what? Our bodies do get weak. Our bodies do get weary. Right? Our spirits don't, but our bodies that we live in do. Okay? And when your body is feeling weak... Should you say you're weak? You should say what? I'm strong. Why? Because that's Bible. And what happens when you say you're strong? God says, okay, I'm going to distribute my strength to you. When you say I'm strong, even though you're feeling weak, you are getting strength from God. Amen? His strength is renewable. God wants people who are strong so that we can effectively communicate the gospel. You think about all the traveling that Jesus did in three and a half years. Walking, riding in a boat, sometimes walking on water. Amen? But there's a lot of walking. You've got to be strong. If your body is not working, it can't 
you can't effectively communicate the gospel as good as you could have. Amen? But thank God for healing. We believe in healing. Amen? Jesus is the healer. Right? We can, we can get our, our, our sick bodies healed. Amen? So if sickness, sickness is an enemy, it's an invader. Right? And uh, Jesus made a way to have, so that we could be healed. God wants children who are not intimidated, who will not compromise, and who will be faithful and walk worthy of their calling. It takes strength to not compromise. It takes strength to not be intimidated. You know, for a number of years, I allowed myself to be intimidated. And when you're intimidated, the enemy uses your gift against you. And, but thank God, there was a way that the Lord led me to get free of intimidation. And ever since then, I've been free. Amen? And it's a whole lot better to be free. But that comes from the strength of God. Ephesians 6.10, God says he wants you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That means strong in the word and strong in the spirit. You need, both, you need to be both strong in the word and in the spirit. Amen? Be strong in the Lord. In the Lord is in the word and in the power of his might. That's the Holy Spirit. We want people who are strong in the word and strong in the spirit. That's why we teach the word. Amen? That's why we lay hands on people. We believe in the anointing. How many believe in the anointing? How many benefited from the anointing? Thank God for the anointing. The anointing does what we can't do. Amen? It removes burdens and it destroys yokes. It's the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God. Hallelujah. Not every place honors the anointing. There are a lot of places that don't. Alright? Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Is your understanding rising today? I'm adding a little bit of yeast to your understanding today. And you're getting an understanding loaf of freshly baked bread. Glory to God. Ephesians 3, 16. This is a prayer that Paul prayed for church members in the church of Ephesus. You could pray it for yourself. You could pray it for others. You could pray it for this body. But notice what it says, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? Strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Say, I'm strengthened with might by the spirit in my inner man. Isn't that awesome? Strengthened with whose might? God's might. Amen? God shares his strength with us. And we want some believers who are strong. We want some believers who can lay hands on other people. Amen? We want some believers who will, will, when something is wrong, they'll stand up and speak what's right. Amen? We want some believers who won't back down when the pressure of the world comes in. You know what? There's a pressure of the world to bow to this or to bow to that or to bow to something else. But we need some people who will stand up and say, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to compromise. You can throw me into the fire. You can throw me to the lions. But I'm not backing down. Amen? I believe that we're creating some people like that here at VCF. 
We're raising a den of lions. Your sheep and your lions. Your, your sheep with a lion's heart. Whoo! Hallelujah. Go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1. How many has ever been weak? How many has ever been strong? Which is better? Strong is better. Amen? Hallelujah. Colossians 1, verse 11. Now this is interesting. This is another prayer that Paul prayed for a church, uh, uh, the church of Colossae. You can pray it for yourself or others. Verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. How many know if you're going to exercise patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, you need some strength? Because there are things, patience, we can't do anything about. Long-suffering has to do with people relationships. And joyfulness and they're all fruits of the Spirit, by the way. But strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Isn't that awesome? I love how God speaks. Hallelujah. That's how he strengthens us. The Bible says of John, John, he became strong in spirit. He increased in strength. The Bible says of Jesus, uh, Luke 2.40, the, the, the scripture for John was Luke one eighty. Scripture for Jesus, Luke 2.40, he grew and became strong in spirit. Everybody say he became strong. So sometimes strengthening is a process. Amen? You know, if you go to the gym for the first time and you haven't been there in a year, you're going to have to build up. You may not be able to bench 300 pounds the first day. Right? But if you keep benching, if you keep lifting, guess what? You're going to get there. Amen? Strength grows. Right? And strength is, is growing, alright? The fourth thing that we want to do is we want to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. Alright? Um, before the pandemic, we had meet, greet, and eat. Right? We want to encourage you to build a relationship with other people. And the best way to do that is in a safe environment. Right? This is a good environment. Okay? We don't have a church directory because some people, when they left the church, they use that directory in a negative way. Okay? That's happened more than once. So uh, we eliminate the problem. Oh, yeah. We've seen a lot of things in the last 20 years. Let me tell you. I'm still seeing things. Amen. Hallelujah. But... We want to inspire, reassure, and boost and support you in building relationships. God is a relational God. Look what he did to have a relationship with us. Look at the lengths that he went to to restore a relationship with us. God, he, he puts important value on relationships. You want to get someone's phone number? Go talk to them. Amen? That's the best way to get it. We will not give out your phone number if someone calls the church and says, can I have so-and-so's phone number? No. Go talk to so-and-so. Right? 
Well, I don't have the number. Well, then you've got to come to church and meet them. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But we've got to build relationships. Jesus built relationships. He had a close relationship with uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He, he spent a lot of time at their house in Bethany. He had close relationships with Peter, James, and uh, John, the three closest disciples. They got to go where the other disciples didn't get to go. He had a relationship with 12. He had a relationship with 70. Right? He had a relationship with women. Women supported his ministry. Mary Magdalene had seven devils cast out, and she followed him to the cross and to the grave. She didn't die, but she was, at, she was the first one at the grave. Relationships. Everybody say relationships. If you don't know how to build a relationship, we can help you. Amen? The Bible is the book of relationships. You don't need any self-help book. This will give you all the help that you need right here. Amen? It's written by the author of life. Okay? Salvation is about building relationships in a safe atmosphere. And the most important relationship we need to build is number one with God. Do you realize when people, when a person gets saved, they haven't walked with God. They don't know what is, I, I had no clue about the kingdom of God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I knew there was a God, but I didn't know what was all involved in his kingdom. I didn't, I didn't, there were things that I didn't know about God until I met him. And I started talking with him. I started fellowshipping with him. You know, God is cool to hang out with. God is fun. He's full of life. He's energetic. He's excited. He, he is passionate about you. I'm telling you, he loves you. My goodness. Anybody who would die on a cross and shed his blood to, just to say that I love you, that's saying something. But the church is a good rela- place to build a relationship. You know, relationships take time to build. You've got to take the step of faith. Hi, my name's Doug. What's your name? Amen? It takes, it takes some effort to build a relationship. Hallelujah. And then we got to build a relationship with people. All right? Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Hallelujah. Are you getting something out of this today? We're explaining our vision. Okay? 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now there remains faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love... The love of God is the defining law of every relationship. Do you know God's love helps us love unselfishly? There wasn't a selfish motive or bone in Jesus. He loved unselfishly. And he gave himself. All right? Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34. John thirteen thirty four. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Who's giving us a new commandment? Who is that? Jesus, right? God. That you love who? One another. Everybody look around. Smile real big. You're looking at one another. Amen. Just as I have loved you, oh, 
Now that puts it on a different standard. We're supposed to love one another as he loves us. Well, if you don't know how God loves you, how are you going to communicate that to someone else? Relationship. Verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. That's what it means to build relationships. The key to understanding this is to know that the love of God is not a feeling. It's not an ooey-gooey feeling. It is a decision. It is a choice, and it is an action. You decide to love someone, and then God's love comes on the scene and helps you love that person. Even that person might be unlovable. That person might annoy you. I know no one here gets annoyed by people. Amen. We're just all walking on cloud nine, right? We don't get annoyed by people. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. It's a decision that based on God's word, I'm going to love because that's what God's word says for me to do. And when you make that decision, the power of God will help you do it. Amen. I mean, think about it. Jesus had some crazy disciples. Amen? Amen. I mean, oftentimes when I read the Gospels, I picture Jesus like, you know, there's Peter, right? He's just speaking. He's just standing up, speaking, right? You know, you got other disciples. They were called sons of thunder. Wonder why they were called sons of thunder. Huh? You got a treasurer that was embezzling money from the Jesus Christ Evangelistic Association. Right? You got Thomas. Now, I'm not picking on Thomas, but fact is, he was the only disciple that denied he he rose from the dead. He He had to feel it with his fingers. Right? But what was Jesus... Did Jesus ever say, oh my gosh, Peter? No, he walked in love. Amen? Why? He knew Peter was growing. He knew Thomas was growing. Amen? After that, Thomas never doubted. Amen? And God knows that we're growing, and we're all on different levels. So just as God makes allowances for us, make allowances for people, because sometimes people are going to let you down. They don't mean to. They may not want to, but guess what? Human flesh comes in the scene sometimes. Oh, don't look at me. We all get in the flesh once in a while. Oh, yeah. Pastor gets in the flesh. Yeah. I've had fits of carnality. Oh, yeah, I have. (laughs) Amen. All right. Let's look at one more. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. This is really the sum total of this. Okay, some Philippians chapter two, verse one. If there is any encouragement, any comfort in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship in the spirit, if there's any affection or compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind or attitude, having the same love. Everybody say the same love. The same love as who? The same love as Jesus. We're supposed to love what Jesus is love. 
Okay? The same love, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing, verse 3, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with an attitude of humility, regard others as more important than yourselves. That's relationship right there. We got to regard others better than ourselves. Can I get an amen on that? I'm telling you about what the Bible says and what our vision is. Right? We want to build strong relationships. We want this net so tight together that there's no weak points. Amen? We want us so working together. Hallelujah. Where God can accomplish great things through us. Think about where the people in the Bible were in one accord of one mind and one heart. Think about what happened. God shook a house. He saved cities. He changed areas. Because the people were in one accord, one heart, one mind. Amen? All right? My fifth and final point of our vision is we want to activate the word of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We want to activate. The Bible is an action word. The Bible is animated. When the Holy Ghost gets involved, it's animated. Right? Popeye is just a picture until he gets animated. Then he goes, right? Elmer Fudd is just a picture until he gets animated. Right? Ooh, that wascally wabbit. Right? Something, they come to life when they're animated. This word activate is a very interesting word. It's a word activate. It's important for us. It means uh, to um, energize. Is the Holy Spirit an energizer? Yeah, he's better than the energizer bunny. All right? It means to electrify, to generate, to stimulate, to quicken, to stir up. VCF actively goes, supports, and sends people to preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? Your support has helped preach the gospel in Africa, India, Guyana, and other parts of the world. We are really touching the world, and we support people who are in different parts of the world. We support a ministry who has churches in Russia. Amen? We support other ministries that go around the world. You know, when you pay your tithe, we send a tithe to 14 different ministries every month. Amen? We tithe on the tithe. That's what we do. We regularly support uh, missionaries. We have 14 of them that we support regularly every month. Amen? Amen. And uh, so this word activate, go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I'm almost done. I'm going to get you out early today because we, you know, we have a special thing that we're going to do at the end of this. All right. So James chapter one. Hallelujah. Verse 22. But be doers of the word that activate. Do the word. 
Not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When someone hears the word and they don't do it, they are deceiving themselves. And it's worse. I mean, it's one thing to be deceived by the devil, but it's another thing to be to deceive yourself. By not obeying or putting into action what you hear. Right? For if, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. See, when you don't do the word, you forget what your roots are. You forget who saved you. And you don't act like him, you don't talk like him, you don't walk like him. All right? Verse 25, but whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. Everybody say continue. That's activate. We activate the word. How do we activate the word? We do it. We practice it. Amen? The Bible is the most practical book ever written. It was designed to do. Everybody who reads it can do it. You can do what it said. You can love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. You, you can walk a holy, you can live a holy life. You can be righteous because the, that's what it says we can do and we can do it. Amen. Amen. But a doer and continues there and he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his, in his what? What's he going to be blessed in? In his deed. You're blessed if you do it. You're not blessed if you don't do it. I didn't say that. James did by the Holy Ghost. Okay? A doer is one who acts upon the full knowledge of God's word, whether guided by the spoken word or the written word. A doer is one who hears it, receives it, Receives its light, accepts its teaching, heeds its warnings, and it's encouraged by his promises. Amen? Hallelujah. A doer of the word continually looks to the Lord for counsel, direction. A doer is a devoted student who studies scripture to apply their life to it. Say, the Bible is God's word. And I'm applying my life to it. Why don't you apply it to your life? Because your life is not the standard. It is the standard. So you apply your life to it. In other words, if anything needs to change, it's going to be something in your life. The Bible doesn't have to change. Right? So we have to change it to match it. It doesn't have to change to match us. It's good the way it is. All right? Say, I'm a doer. All right. And then our slogan is we're inheriting God's promises. That's ongoing and experiencing their benefits. Amen. That's ongoing. It's never going to stop. Right. We are, inher- we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Hallelujah. I love that word. In- I mean, every time I see heir, inherit, heritage, inheritance, man, I get excited. Yeah. Everybody has their little niche, right? This is my little niche. And I am in the process. We are forming a Bible school called the Inheritance Bible Institute. 
I'm doing some paperwork now that's going to lay the foundation for that. And it'll be coming soon. I'm working on it. Amen. Finally, after talking about it, the Lord says, are you ever going to do something about it? (laughs) Hallelujah. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Amen. This is what we're about. This is what we say every week, and this is what we're about. This is our vision for VCF. God brought us here. And uh, let me give you seven reasons why someone should come to VCF. This was actually compiled by different people of the church. All right? Different people wrote their thoughts, and I compiled them all together. Seven reasons why someone should come to VCF. The Word of God is preached here with passion, enthusiasm, and revelation. All right? That's a good reason. Number two, we expect the Holy Ghost to move in power. We appreciate his gifts, fruit, and nature. All right? It's another good reason why someone should come here. Verse three, you may increase your insight, understanding, and knowledge of God here. All right? Number four, we can help you find your treasure and inheritance in God's word. All right? Number five, you will experience God's love, power, goodness, miracles, and blessing here. Number six, you have an opportunity to have hands laid on you and respond to God's word every service. Amen. Amen. Uh, this is a fun, family-oriented atmosphere, and there's something for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, seven reasons why you should come to VCF is, uh, oh, yeah, that, that was seven, actually. We need people, uh, we feed people very well, spiritually and naturally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. So this is who we are. This is what you're part of. This is what God's called you to. Amen. How many are in? How many are all in? Amen. We're going to increase together. Amen. God's going to do some great things. He's done great things, but he's not done yet. He's got greater things to do. Amen. More books to be written. Hallelujah. God's raising up authors in our midst. Amen. Things are happening. Things are moving. Things are shaking. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we just give you thanks and praise for your goodness and your grace. Father, I I bless these people today. And I thank you, Lord, that they are part of this family. You've brought them here from where they were. And you brought them here to have something greater, to experience something better. Lord, and I thank you for enhancing their life, healing their bodies, enriching their households. Father, prospering their bank accounts in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak a blessing over them today by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that they are blessed going out. They're blessed coming in. And Lord, when we gather, you inhabit our praises and you do great and mighty things for them. Hallelujah. And we give you thanks and praise and glory for your goodness and your grace in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah.